You're listening to the Delay of Game podcast with your hosts, Matt and Wit. Hey, listeners, everybody, whoever is actually out there, it's the Delay of Game podcast. We are back from vacation, yeah. sadly. Yeah, we're back. We're back. <laughs> that's, that's the energy we're really bringing. I'm trying to hype us <laughs> up. But we both are, are devastated. One, we're no longer getting fruity beverages brought to us on command Two, yeah both of our football teams just shit the bed hard you know the only thing that was really bringing me any type of joy was looking forward to that trip the trip was great i got all the tacos and drinks i wanted and now it's gone and then our team's losing i probably have nothing to live for at this point there's not a lot we like coming back we're like we're gonna have easier access to football and then both That's of true. our teams were like, fuck you guys. <laughs> Life is terrible. Don't you forget this. Take your asses back to Mexico. <laughs> yeah, just so everyone knows, this is therapy week. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, this is an hour-long therapy session for you guys, so sorry for your luck. <laughs> yeah, hopefully you're one oh, of the many other teams that are not doing very well at this moment. It's true. We'll get into those. We got some great games, though. As usual, NFL never ceases to just bring us just scores of entertainment. So let's go ahead and just jump into some games. I think the best thing we could do is start at the early game. Oh. First game of the week on Thursday night, Matt. I was going to say the early game, I think that was Jacksonville and Buffalo. Mm, no. We can no. just skip Thursday night. We'll get to them later. <laughs> as much as I want to say, like, well, we shouldn't be a homer. We shouldn't talk about it. That game probably should get talked about because, goddamn, <laughs> the Bears come out. They're playing the best offensive football we've seen in about a year. At least. At least, like, 18 months. Like, Everything a year and a half. you were hoping to see from bringing in DJ Moore came true that day. And it could have been worse if he didn't get called out of bounds. Like, I still don't think he did, but... I think he did. Like, were just like, it could have been eh, way it worse. It doesn't really matter. He's got, like, 180 yards and three touchdowns. Like, what? doesn't matter. <laughs> football I bet Justin Fields is probably like, no, this matters, okay? I need all the yak I can get. That looks good for me. <laughs> Desperately need yak. I think also Fields missed some people open deep. Like, as much as he threw... Shock. He missed people still. Like, his accuracy wasn't all that great. Okay, so if you're not throwing to DJ Moore, who's got a seven-foot wingspan, everything kind of falls apart. Got it. Noted. Yeah, he okay. missed a couple guys who were open. Like, they were getting wide open, which apparently, according to all the experts who've been reviewing game tape, like, Washington fans are doing deep dives into this to try to figure out what the hell happened. <laughs> Everyone's going into Scooby-Doo mode. Oh, yeah. And apparently, it's they were just playing a ton of man coverage. Mm-hmm. They were putting the cornerbacks one-on-one with, like, no help. Why? I have no idea. Jack Del Rio is an idiot. I don't know. But that's what oh. we were seeing. And then they were, you know, beat. Like, DJ Moore one-on-one is going to beat a lot of guys. If there's a no other lot. help. Why aren't you at least bracketing him in man coverage? Because they had no one else. They literally threw the three people. <laughs> DJ Moore, Cole Komet, and one other guy. Oof. That accounted for basically everything. Now, I think he threw at some people, but missed. So, all right, let me, let's just stick with the commanders for a second before we give the Bears their praise. Okay. You've been a very high, you've been a very high advocator for letting guys develop. Guys like, uh, what's his name? Uh, The quarterback. Fuck. Uh, Howell, right? Letting him develop. Okay. Do you have the same confidence in leash for Emmanuel Forbes? Because it doesn't seem like Jack Del Rio does because he he got benched. You cannot do that to a young player. I do in that I think Jack Del Rio is messing things up by playing him in man coverage. They literally drafted this guy to be a zone corner ball hawk sort of guy. Sit on routes, try to jump him, assuming Mm -hmm. there's going to be help behind him to try to let him be a playmaker. Then they're not doing that. That's why he almost mm. got a pick on the DJ Moore, uh, that one where he ran out of bounds, because he's probably yeah. assuming like he, the way he played in college was that there would be a guy behind him, like a safety back there, till mm-hmm. if he misses the tackle. Well, so this is like the reverse of William Jackson the third, 
It's they draft. They signed a, a man corner and tried to play him, make him play zone. Didn't work. Now they drafted a zone corner and making him play man. I don't understand what's happening. <laughs> Guys, I wish you could see Matt's face. Like there's a there's a vein bulging on the side of your head right oh, now. <laughs> definitely. The last three games where our defense has just been completely terrible. For some reason, they felt they could match up man to man on Stephon Diggs, DJ Moore. And A.J. Brown. And A.J. Brown. I don't know what made you think that. The hubris and balls that you have to have to to look at that and be like, nah, we don't need help on these guys. We got this. Like, I mean, wow. It's one thing if you were getting, every time you did that, you blitzed and you were getting a sack. Or you were making him throw a terrible pass. But they're not getting a ton of pressure lately. They're not getting no, the sacks. They're getting some, but not many. Which is wild to me. Because... For the talent on that defensive line, you at least need to be getting home with four guys. And that doesn't have to be every time, but at least create the pressures, make some off-balance, uh, create some off-balance throws. But, like, quarterbacks look like they just have time. Or maybe what it is is, like, what is it? I guess it's, like, lane integrity because they'll rush past him. The quarterback steps up, creates so some extra room. like that's happening a ton. Yeah, or I think that's what it by is. By the time they're getting pressure... Since I guess they've been playing man coverage, like the guy's gotten open a little bit. And so then he has someone to throw to. It feels like there's always about to be a sack, and then there's a guy wide open they throw to. On yeah. The back end. Like, they're not playing I will, complimentary. I will give it to uh, to Emmanuel Forbes. I think the one, I think it was the last DJ Moore catch where he took it to the house. He was in great position. That was just a really good it, ball by Justin Fields. I think I texted you on that. Like the way he threw it, he threw it to the outside corner. Away yeah. from him, where he had to kind of stretch to go get it. If he threw it to the numbers, that was a pick. Oh, it that's going to the house. Yeah. That's going to the house. So, like, he might still be running. I don't know if my only thing is I don't know if Fields meant to do that, or that was his inaccuracy. <laughs> I refuse to believe <laughs> that was on purpose. Because yeah, normally you're thinking right on the middle numbers, but then that's where the interception was gone. So by yeah. throwing it to the outside, it was just only DJ Moore could catch it. He's a great receiver. And then once, obviously, uh, Forbes goes flying by him trying to make the pick, there was just no one there because they weren't playing any safeties deep. It's true. Now, you mentioned something earlier, and I just wanted to correct you. Uh, DJ Moore actually went eight for 230. 230, sorry. Yeah. yeah. He had, I have him in fantasy football, a lot of my <laughs> leagues. Matt, you were absolutely right. They only had three receivers three. Two catching ends. the ball. One receiver, <laughs> just literally DJ Moore was the that only receiver crazy. you needed to cover, and then some tight ends. Wow. He did throw Justin other people, Fee- but he missed them, or they didn't catch it. Justin Field was 15 for 29 for 282. Yeah, again, he not, only had 52 yards to other people. <laughs> That's not, crazy. Or 62 yards. Not great accuracy and stuff, too, there, right? Like, that is wild to me. On the other side of that, Sam Howell. Yo. Put on a show, especially that second, second half. half. Second, second half. Second half, Matt Howell was putting on a fucking clinic. Yeah, he went at one point 16 in a row. Like, you have to love what you're seeing from that kid. Yeah, so this is what's mind-boggling to me. We talked about at the beginning of the season. I trusted my defense. You know, I wasn't real sure about the offense. I know there's going to be growing pains, which we've seen some. We've seen some really good, though, and some not yeah. so good, right, in the Bills game. I don't understand how the defense is so fucking bad. <laughs> this is why we're two and three it's actually the offense has been carrying us for the most part like, yeah it's insane that they went from being a top five to like number 31 or 32 which is wild because when we're looking at that team and you're looking at all the talent and all the draft picks that they've invested on that side of the ball you expect them to be at least a top 10 defense but it's just it's not clicking at this point i think you you may not agree with me, but they should just get rid of Chase Young. Trade him to the Cowboys. You're not going <laughs> to resign him. It's just not going to happen. He apparently had a, like, if you look at the tape, he had a great game against the Bears. Got a ton of, okay. I don't know if he really got sacks, but he got a ton of pressures. Okay, but how many pressure guys do you need? Because Jonathan Allen creates a lot of pressure. Montez Sweat creates a lot of pressure. And, uh, yeah, like, you drafted him to be a sack specialist. If he is not that, you already you've already paid three other guys on that defensive line to create pressure. Like, uh, I don't yeah, know, man. I just I can't see it. To the Cowboys. Hey, listen, Two okay. First round picks. We'll make that you, happen. I'll call Jerry Jones. Tell him Wits says it's good. Two first round picks. 
He'll know exactly who you're talking about. <laughs> Just use my first name. He'll know exactly who you're talking about. What's I've been trying to blackmail happen? that man since 86. <laughs> 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 That's crazy. I just, no, but you're right. Like the Sam Howell show in the second half was great. I think it says a lot about Eric Bieniemy and his ability to create uh, adjustments in that second half that allows your team to claw back into these games. Cause for a second there, you guys had like all the momentum. And I thought for sure that you were going to find a way to win that game. Well, it's the riverboat. Ron is gone and he refused to be aggressive because they were, it's like fourth and two in the red zone or close yeah. to it. And they kicked a field goal to be down by a touchdown still. Yeah. Like, you had a pretty good scoring opportunity there. And then you missed the field goal. Yeah. So I think that's what they missed. And it's like you squandered all your momentum. Yeah. Riverboat Ron somehow just turned in conservative Carlos now. <laughs> like, I don't get it. Like, he was the guy who kind of started this craze of, no, you go for it on fourth down. Like, he was the guy. And now he's like, uh, nah, I'm good now. Makes no like, sense. That only got me to a Super Bowl. I'm fine. I have <laughs> Cam Newton, I guess. <laughs> well, he's still available, Matt. He is if around. you want to get rid of Sam Howell, he is still available. No thanks. But <laughs> back, I, mean, I could talk about this all day. I don't want to keep it going forever. But Bears fans, this is what you were hoping for. You got to hope it continues that offensive, at least that, you know, the offense that you created. Um, I don't know how, like, again, they don't have a ton of people. Their defense isn't all that great yet. Or all that good at all. Right. Uh, so <laughs> right. if your offense can start doing what they did more uh, often, then that will be great. Maybe you can see. Maybe this sparks that DJ more connection. If the consistency can be there, they can keep themselves in a lot of games. But the way Matt Eberflus coaches, like it is almost the exact opposite of wanting to win. Like he gets super conservative at the wrong times. Like, I don't get it. They That's not my problem. Like you were talking about like, oh. At the second half, like, they're going to blow this game. It looked like they really had a chance to, but then Ron tried harder. So Yeah. I want to start naming him, like calling him Carlos, but I'm afraid that people are going to be like, oh, that's that's a race thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to do that. There's a, a little bit. We'll, get, we'll have to <laughs> brainstorm something. <'cause... laughs> we'll work something up that goes with his actual name. <laughs> his actual yes. It's fine. It's fine. All right, so... Uh, another game that I kind of wanted to talk talk about, you talked about it earlier, was the Jacksonville-Buffalo game. What the hell is going on in Buffalo? I don't know. Just when I'm really starting to buy in again, because at first like two weeks, I was like, I don't know what's happening with Buffalo. And then they kicked ass for two weeks. And now yeah. they just laid a dud. Which is wild because you're like, this is the team that everybody thought coming into the season was going to have success, except for someone. I'm going to point to myself because I said the Stefan Diggs issue is going to rear its ugly head when you start losing. And what did we see him ranting and raving on the sidelines again because they were losing like three and two. It's not it. This doesn't fix itself unless you just win out like he will continue to be an issue. That's wild to me considering he is having a great season. Mm -hmm. They destroyed the Dolphins who. (laughs) Looked like they were the team of the like year. They're scoring more points than anyone through the first five weeks. They're the number one team in passing and rushing. It's insane. And you beat them. You beat them up. Yeah. And then you don't beat the Jacksonville Jags, who they are a big question mark this year. I don't know if they're good Agreed. or not. We and expected then, them to take a step, and they're kind of in the middle somewhere. And there's a little bit of adversity like that, and Diggs is losing his shit. Uh, it's, it's a weird team. But it feels like it should be like the best team on paper. It should be. I think what the issue is, and please chime in, tell me if I'm wrong. I think the issue here is this team has become accustomed to just winning and they don't have the same dog in them that they had like two seasons ago where you felt like it didn't matter what was happening, what was falling around you. They were going to rally together and find a way to gut it out. Like it doesn't feel like that anymore. Like. Sounds like it's right. I mean, I didn't think of that before, but I have to agree. It seems like that could be a real thing. Buffalo, I mean, just, yeah, they used to be the underdog. They used to always be like second fiddle or third or fourth, right? Like they're kind of the afterthought yeah. team. And now everyone just expects they're going to be a contender for the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Very different. And you have to have the leadership on your team to rally yeah. around that. And, you know, I think that's a big difference in the Chiefs versus the Bills. 
Agreed. The Chiefs still Agreed. have that dog in them. Feels like they're going to fight and grind it out. And that's exactly right. Like if you look at some of the the wild card teams from the past few seasons, right? Last year it was the Giants. What do we always say about them? They rallied. They fought. They weren't ever going to quit. You saw them get to the playoffs. Another team like that is the Lions. We're seeing all the dividends of that pay off this season. Like there's something to be said about that. And I don't see it in the Bills. I think that is the missing component because the talent is still there. Well, it's got to be a hard, like that chip on your shoulder. It's got to be hard to continue once you've been so successful. They've been wildly successful the last few years. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. Like maybe it's hard to keep that chip up there if, you know, you you feel like, oh, we've gotten not to the top of the mountain, but we made it close. Like we should already just be there. Like those things don't carry over, I guess. I mean, you have to work at it, right? You have to keep that mentality. That's what Tom Brady, part of what he was so great at which is kind of always keeping that mentality of like, I'm always going to be grinding and working. Not that yes. these players aren't working hard, but you know, just that different. Yeah. That dog, like I'm going to be in the fight. I'm never going to give up. I always think I can win. Exactly. Some of that stuff is hard to keep and keep it going year after year. Like we see that, yeah. you know, just think about what you like. Some people are going to be like, what are they football players? But we're people like people have a hard time being consistently awesome. Like you get, yeah. Or motivated or, 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 yeah, yeah, it's hard. So, so I don't, I, that's just my take on it. I I could be wrong. I'm not a Buffalo Bills insider, but that's just how it's perceived from the outside. In my opinion, I don't know. I mean, as long as they can stick together, they're still a great team who has all the chances in the world to get the Super Bowl, just like the other ones. (laughs) I don't know, man. I'm going to get into that a little bit later. Okay. I'm going to save that one for a little okay. bit later. But well, we might have to disagree. But. Okay. So we talked about the Bills who lost the game. The other team who won was the Jacksonville Jaguars. Like you said, we don't know what to think or make of this team, right? Because one week they're on, one week they're off. And those have all the makings for a 9-8, and 8-9 eight, eight and season. Like you expected this team to make the jump. Like I haven't seen it yet. They're in a pretty soft AFC South at this point. Pretty soft, my yeah. friend. That shit is like, like marshmallows. There you go. It's about as easy as you can get in the NFL. Yeah. But every team is kind of down. The Texans are playing pretty, you know, more the more decent teams right now. Uh, so do you think they would have the opportunity to pounce on that and really get a bunch of wins? Finally, see right. they get over the hump. But I, I don't understand. Like last season, they were playing better. Again, though, teams adjust. Right. We talked about this a ton. Team adjusting. How do you counteract to that? You know, and I think the other part of it is last year they started out flat. And when I say they, I mean the Jacks. They started out flat. They really hit their stride probably about week 10 and they went on a tear. And that's how they ended up getting into the playoffs, went on a playoff game. You thought that they'd be able to carry over that momentum. Like you said, it it's hard to do season to season. So Maybe they're still trying to find that momentum. Like they're still trying to get that traction. I'm not saying this is a team you give up on because like like you said, this division sucks ass. So someone's going to win it and it better be them. Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne is playing well. Calvin Ridley, Calvin Ripley? I still think is doing good. Like he had a couple of down weeks, but first season with Travis, with Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. yeah I was say Travis. Uh, first season in that offense, we're already seeing them have a pretty good connection. So I think that's only going to get better. So this does feel like a team that could maybe start to get hot towards the end of the season to me. Especially like you got an easy schedule. Like I haven't looked at theirs, but if they have a lot, NFL tends to do a lot of conference games at the end. Maybe get a bunch of wins, get feeling really good. There you go. Hit the playoffs at the right time. Never know. I have no reason to think that they don't beat the Colts twice, that they don't beat the the Texans twice, and that they don't. uh, I'm sorry, the Titans, my bad. Uh, in the Texans, the Texans one on one, or just beat all of them twice? Yeah, like I just I have no reason to think that they can't beat all of those teams twice. They definitely have the talent to do so. It's just again they've been super inconsistent. Okay, all right. Well, I mean I've got another game here. If there's one you wanted to talk about, um, I mean the one that I want to make sure we talk about. That's last on my list. Is, that's what I was gonna say. I think it's the last one. <laughs> yeah, that's last on the list. I wanted to maybe stay in the AFC and talk about that Pittsburgh-Baltimore game, right? Like, Baltimore, I I think they forgot how to win. Like, that game, 
that everything fell apart for them. And the, what was it? The, fuck, the Lamar Jackson pick at the end, or was it a fumble? I think it was a fumble. And uh, they picked it, and the Steelers recovered it. Kenny Pickett makes that long touchdown to George Pickens to set up the game-winning touchdown. Like, everything just fell apart for them. Are we about to see a a rebuild of sorts in Baltimore? Because it feels like there's no real identity to that team anymore. Well, there's no identity because they're trying to get away from running the ball, and they're just (laughs) really hopeful that they can throw it. But then Lamar Jackson comes out today. Well, we expect our receivers to catch balls. Or he came out yesterday. <laughs> we expect him to catch it when we throw it to him. Oh, guy. <sighs> guy. So, not not what you want to see from your quarterback or what you want to hear. Considering you just paid him a shitload of money. Yeah. And then went out and got him a bunch of receivers. Not great receivers, but you went out and you got him a bunch of receivers that he wanted. Like he wanted Odell Beckham Jr. for whatever reason on God's green earth. I don't like, understand that. I like Zay Flowers and he's showing to be okay. Zay Flowers is like a joystick and I, I love his shiftiness. More than anything, I love his feet. Like his feet, his routes are crisp. I I love that. Big fan of him. I think that's the problem. They surrounded with him at receiver has been trash. Yeah, I think that's the problem with Zay Flowers. Zay Flowers is too precise. And (laughs) Lamar Jackson, he needs you to be wide open. Like, I don't need you to have a step. You need to have four steps. You need to be 6'6 with eight foot (laughs) wingspan. Yeah. (laughs) Like, some, it just... you know how I feel about Lamar Jackson. I never really believed in him in a Q, as a QB already as it is. But teams are starting to realize like, oh, if we just spy him and take away Mark Andrews, we can beat this team. They're oh. not going to. I mean, I think we've talked about it. They're not going to win a bunch of games being a throw the ball team right now. Mm-hmm. Also, like if you have to imagine, they're going to go through growing pains doing that. You're completely changing the way your focus on offense. You got a new offensive coordinator. They threw it 38 times. They ran a total of 25. Wow. Last, every other season before, then I was backwards. He might throw for 20 times and they would run 40. Yeah, he would throw 20 times, but he'd only have like 15 completions for like 300 yards. Yeah, like, because everyone was stopping the run and then you would throw it over top. Yeah. If you're passing first, they're just going to drop back into coverage. Yeah, and Spy Jackson, you're good to go. Yeah, you don't have to worry about a whole lot after that. Hell, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. I was just reading. He's fucking hurt. Shock. Who could have seen that coming? Shocking. Oh, they have, like, they have Nelson Aguilar as their second receiver. Oh my God. The the goat. That's Nelson Aguilar. <laughs> Super Bowl champion Nelson Aguilar. <laughs> like so I. Uh, I mean, to be fair, they've tried. Like they've had multiple first round picks. But true. I guess you know, like Rashad Bateman. They were like, oh, let's just get a speedy guy who runs nine routes, and. Of course, uh, was it Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown? He's actually doing pretty good. (laughs) Same fucking shit, man. They couldn't figure it out there. So there's a lot of problems with their passing game. I do think it starts at the quarterback. It absolutely does. And I think the quarterback issues are already one thing. But then you look at that offensive line. The offensive line has some just, I think RG3 said it on live live TV yesterday. He's running for his fucking life out there. (laughs) Like, it's not good. Like, that team right now is not good, which is crazy because they're in the AFC North, which is completely open. Mm-hmm. With Joe like, Burrow being injured. Now, he looks Although he good. just found his swag, though. He yeah. just found his swag. So that could be bad because they needed wins before that happened. Yeah. So, we'll so I don't know. I mean, I don't have a whole lot to say about the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know how I feel about them. I don't really think that. Kenny Pickett's the guy. George Pickens is a guy. I don't really like him that much. Although I do love the drama that's happening with their OC, Matt Canada. Oh, that's hilarious. Love every bit of that. <laughs> their defense is really good. That's what's oh, keeping yeah. them in games and making things. Oh. T- usually they're scoring points on those turnovers. Yeah. Uh, so that's huge for them. But yeah, I agree with you, but I can never discount Mike Tomlin. He does not have losing records. So see them being nine, 10 wins. Somehow you're going to be like, how did they get there? Mike Tomlin is amazing. It's true. Coaching matters. Okay. That is one of the things that was lacking in this last game that we're going to talk about. (laughs) Oh, so go ahead. If you're a Cowboys fan, you might want to, you know, turn it off (laughs) for a moment. Take your babies outside. I mean, it's the same thing with me. Like the bigger difference was that you guys had 
all the expectation to come in here and to hopefully punch the 49ers in the mouth, show who's the best team in the NFC, and yeah. you got walloped. Like, just destroyed, decimated, <sighs> devastated, other D words I can think of. <laughs> Dicked was, up and down. <laughs> yes. It was, it was truly bad. It wasn't good. It was not great. And okay, if you'd have asked me, like we weren't here last week, so we didn't do an we didn't do a, an episode. But if you would have asked me last week, I would have picked the San Francisco 49ers, but I would have expected the Cowboys to keep it close. That's what I would have thought. That's what I would have expected. I still think that the Cowboys are a good team, but it's obvious that they are not the best team in the NFC. It's just that is not even in question anymore. The way that that. San Francisco team is coached on both sides of the ball. How do you stop it? Like, I still don't like Brock Purdy. I don't, I don't think of him as the guy who could dice you up, but I look like an idiot saying that watching him dice up the Cowboys defense. Like (laughs) it was crazy watching their, their players just get into the vacant zones. Like it was fucking annoying. So what he's good at, it seems that he completely understands that offense. Where is the guy going to be open? And then he has enough of an arm to get it there. It's not a yeah. great arm. It's not the best arm in the world, but he knows where the guy's going to be open and he gets them the ball, which is that, really that's what all you need. need in a Shanahan offense, right? He's exactly. going to get guys open when you have that much talent on the field. And Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, CMC, George Kittle, <laughs> number George four Kittle. guy that we're talking about. Like, There's too much there for Shanahan to play with. Yeah. He's going to get guys open. It's the same with the Dolphins, right? Like we're seeing the scheme make it easy on the quarterback. Well, the scheme and then these the weapons that you have and they're taking advantage of it. And I honestly truly believe that Kyle Shanahan is the only head coach in the NFL who utilizes their fullback on every down. Pop blocking, receiving, like every down. Like he is also a threat to catch the ball. Like it was crazy to me. And I, like I said, I expected the Cowboys to just put up a fight. I didn't think they would be able to win, but I expected them to put up a fight. But Dan Quinn was outmanned, outgunned, outcoached, right? My issues with the Cowboys offense have been the same. Mm-hmm. Like it's not dynamic and you add a dynamic players in the off season. So something is amiss. Something is when Brandon cooks is shit in the bed. And that dude was getting a thousand yards easy. With TJ Yates and Sam Mills and like these randos, like I, that, that takes me back to my, my opening statement, coaching. Yeah. Mike McCarthy's offense is too conservative. I get Kellen Moore was too aggressive and that got us into trouble. Okay. But there has to be a happy middle somewhere. Like nothing, nothing drove me crazier than third quarter. We're only down seven. It's, third and seven and we do a shallow cross for five yards you didn't even get to the sticks what are you doing and at that point like there was little confidence in me that we were going to go for it on fourth down the way that that defense was playing like their defense was flying around fred warner i talk shit about mike micah parsons micah parsons is defensive player of the year fred warner was fucking everywhere everywhere causing fumbles had an interception like this dude you have to game plan for him but that team has too many other talented people on the (laughs) fucking defense nick bosa dre greenlaw like fuck i think we were absolutely right in saying that they had to pay bosa because that dude is just playing at another defensive mvp level as well but yeah you're right fred warner is playing out of his mind the whole team is just fired up probably because of coaching right they have yeah. great coaches. One thing I wanted to bring up about the fullback. That's just a nice thing where Shanahan looked around to every other team and said, nobody's playing a fullback. So if I incorporate a fullback, no one's going to be ready for it. No one's yep. practicing and coming up with schemes to defend that. Exactly. So always the- be one step ahead of everyone else. Don't be behind everybody. Be ahead of them. So, and this speaks directly to Shanahan's uh, just genius. He has Brandon Ayuk lined up in the slot. So he's playing close up to the line. Brandon, uh, Kyle Juszczyk, he's in the backfield. They send him into motion. When he does that, the free safety or the, I guess the nickel corner at that point follows Juszczyk, completely uncovers Ayuk. Like, 
the the play scheme, the ability to work your guys open is insane to me. But like that's that is the difference between good and great teams. Like we're seeing a lot of that with the Miami Dolphins. Like it's crazy. Like I know that we were supposed to be talking. I'm supposed to be ranting about the Cowboys. I have plenty I can say about the Cowboys, but it's all over the media's sites. Everybody hates Dak. Blah blah blah. It doesn't matter. This game was just more about the 49ers. They were the better team. They are the better team. The end, bar none. So I don't know. Although, real quick before I move on, sure. uh, Cowboys fans, you may not want to hear this. It may hurt you. Dak Prescott isn't going anywhere. Uh-uh. Like, you can stop the, we got to trade him. We got to release him. We got to cut him. You can stop all that nonsense. He's not going anywhere. He makes way too much money and will count against them for way too much money. Okay. Getting rid of him means you also get rid of Micah Parsons. You also get rid of CD lamb because the money that he takes up. Nah, don't worry about that. Like get that out of your mind. He's going to be the quarterback for the next three years. Minimum. Minimum. So fucking deal with it. Plus you have Jerry Jones. Dak is his guy. Like, yeah. And do you want to go weed into the wasteland? That is trying to find another quarterback. Okay. The, a lot of Cowboys fans don't remember the days after Troy Aikman, the Randall Cunningham's, the Ryan Leafs, Drew Bledsoe, Vinny Testaverde, Anthony Wright, Chad Hutchinson, Drew Henson. Like we went through all of these guys to find Romo. We then lucked into Dak. I'm, I'm not giving up on that shit. No, I do not want to go back into those waters. Agreed. I would not. No, find yourself a really good coordinator because that's that's what I was really hoping for. That I wasn't a big believer in Mike McCarthy's offense. Yeah. Coming into this, it's kind of been that way. I think he needs to find a young or younger minded, uh, like innovative offensive coordinator who knows what they're doing. Find somebody who's either touched Mike McDaniels, (laughs) been around Shanahan. Maybe if you can get like and Sean McVay somehow. Like been with all of them. Yeah. Get that guy. Like I'm not, I'm not even kidding. Like after this, the Cowboys probably have another 12, 11 win season, get into the playoffs. They probably, probably. don't make it to the NFC championship game. Cause probably get out in the second round. Yeah. That's Cause you're going to have to go. You're going to have to either go through Philly or you're going to have to go through San Francisco to get yeah. to the championship. So I don't see it happening. Mike McCarthy gets fired. Dan Quinn becomes the head coach and he needs to go out and find the quarterback's coach or whoever that Mike McDaniel has. Yeah. Like that's that should be your plan. So I, mean, I completely agree. I don't I don't uh, you know what? Dude, we've gone into this. We've been at this shit for like I don't know, 30 minutes talking about just the games that have happened. We haven't even talked about all the things that we took away from the games. Holy fuck. There was a lot that happened this week. Some really like just surprising games. For sure we didn't like again, we didn't get to all of them. But there were so many that we could like kind of hit on. The Lions are four and one now and just put up a big win. Who saw that coming, Matt? We fucking called this. Thank we said you. that they were the team to beat in the North. Thank you. And then we're looking at this team, this Lions team. There's a good chance that they're seven and one going into their bye week. They play the Bucks, Baltimore, and the Raiders. Then they have their bye week. They could potentially have their division completely sealed and locked up. By week 12? Yeah. 13? I told you the Packers weren't going to be as good. We did not believe in the Bears like everybody else did. We told you the Vikings Vikings, were regressing. We called that one all day. They're playing like we expected them to. The Lions are coming out still fighting hard. If the Cowboys wanted to maybe go get their OC, Ben Johnson, and be like, hey. He's going to be a hot commodity for a head coach. Like He is writing his ticket. He stuck around this year, and I think he's going to be offered too much money next year to stick around. So I kind of already told you who I thought the best team in the NFC is, and that's easily the 49ers. But I think the Lions are better than the Eagles. I like the way their team plays ball on both sides of the ball. The Eagles, outside of A.J. Brown, like I don't, I don't fear Jalen Hurts as the thrower. Their defense doesn't scare me. You can take anything over the top on them. And if there's one thing that this Lions team does, it's beat you down the field. Okay. There's going to come a day 
at some point in the future where Jamar Gibbs gets the fucking ball. Okay. <laughs> and then that team, that offense completely opens up. So as the guy, a manager who has, what's his name on there? The other running back. Oh, I'm David Montgomery. Montgomery. Yeah. David Montgomery is kicking ass. I'm yeah. Really happy with that. So I did also want to toot our horns because there was another thing that we called that we've been right about. We said that the New York Giants are not the team everyone thinks they are going into the season. Oh, thank God there's a team worse in the East. <laughs> yeah, they are falling apart. Kind of like we said was going to happen. Like we did not. Uh, not kind of. Not kind of. Exactly like we said. Because <laughs> I mean, the person. I think it's more spectacular than what I even oh. imagined. I think it has to be apart. I mean, he went from having eight sacks or nine sacks in week one. He had 10 sacks in week four. And this last week, they got 11 sacks. I'm like, Daniel Jones takes a shitload of hits. Like for the money that they invested in Andrew Thomas and the draft capital that they invested in Evan Neal, both of those guys are bad. They play real bad. Like that offensive line. Matt, you and I might be able to play offensive line <laughs> for the fucking Giants. The way they are right now. God. Yeah. Like, it's bad. But we absolutely saw this coming because who was this guy that was throwing the ball? It was Daniel Jones. Daniel like, that Jones. has always been their problem. Did you? I'm sure you probably did. Did you see the video footage? This is why we need streaming where we can, like, pop this up. Because I would love yes. to watch this again as we talk about it. Brian Dable just losing his shit <laughs> oh, with Daniel Jones. Yes. Like, I don't know what's going on, man. Just like throws a tablet at him and walks away in disgust. Yes. Like clean yourself up. You disgust me. I can't remember. Like, I think oh. it was at week three. I already texted you. And you're like, you could see Brian Dable's face just realizing that he stuck <laughs> with this guy yes. for years to come. Like he has hitched it's his wagon. True. To him. It's true. And now it's just getting worse because I think he's living with it. And it's just like, yeah. I'm, this is just ridiculous. I'm done. Like, oh. Like, like the reality of who see, he like, is is setting in. career just crashing down around you because of Daniel Jones. It's true. Like, I, I can't imagine a scenario where he's happy about having Daniel Jones as his quarterback. Like, it, it just doesn't work. I mean, you're talking about being beat so bad that what three times within a five week span, you've taken your quarterback out because you're that far behind. It's like going, you're in the fourth quarter, you're taking him out because you're that far behind. That's unheard of to have that happen that many times. Maybe like once in a season. Yeah. Once. Maybe Ugh, three times. It's gross, but yeah. I am here for it. I love it. Exactly. I just wanted to pat us on the back for that one too. Definitely. So, we kind of talked about the NFC, so I need to ask you, Matt. I need your opinion. Who is the best team in the AFC right now? AFC? Oof. That's a tough question. The NFC, we talked about is easy. Oh, let me see. AFC, it's, still, it's a hard time not giving it to the Chiefs still because I just trust them come like the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Dolphins are playing really good, though. I'm going to stick with the Chiefs, though. Just, I can't okay. discount Patrick Mahomes. Kelsey wants these. When he's healthy, that offense is really good, and their defense is playing much better. It is. Trent McDuffie is balling out there. So, he's showing why he was a first-round pick. Yeah, he has been real good. So I'll stick with them. It's the easiest choice, but I will stick with them. Okay, it's the safe choice. It's not an easy choice. It's but a safe, safe choice. choice. I'm being conservative and safe. I am okay. taking after not Riverboat Ron, whatever his <laughs> name is. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go with... The Dolphins. Now, I know I've always said, like, I don't trust Alabama quarterbacks, blah, 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 to its health, X, Y, and Z. At this point, Tua is in the perfect system. They've got a lethal wide receiving core. And then you're coupling that with a deadly dynamic run game. Like, Raheem Mosert. And I know uh, Devin Achan, I know he just uh, yeah, tweaked his ham- hamstring or something. He's week to week. But what how, What do you stop? How do you stop? Like, no. And then the defense, they're not giving up huge plays. Like, they're doing exactly what you want them to be, complementary of their offense. So, I think right now, best team in the AFC has got to be the, the Dolphins. Like, I can't argue that too much other than just saying, well, it's Mahomes on the Chiefs. <laughs> 
<laughs> outside of that, you're right. I mean, uh, the offensive scheme they have is phenomenal. Like, I love it. We've harped on that a ton. And you're right. Like, yeah. They got a running game going because Raheem Mostert is healthy. Like, the dude's always been dynamic. He's just banged up. So that's my yeah. big question mark with them, especially with the chain getting hurt. Are they going to be able to, like, play a full season? Or I guess if you can get a full season out of the two of them, you're doing pretty good. Because they yeah. both are playing very well. You know, I know injury bugs are going to happen. Every team gets hit gets hit with them. I mean, the Vikings just got hit with Justin Jefferson about to go on AR, uh, IR. But I think they have enough talent on that team and their scheme fits. Like, they can overcome it. So, I'm going to give it to them. Yeah, I'd be real excited if you're a Dolphins fan. Like, a couple years ago, you did not think that you're going to be <laughs> the most dynamic offense through five weeks. Basically... Yo. In recent history, or maybe all time, I'm not sure. They had scored more points than the greatest show on turf did. Yeah. Like, I think you and I can agree. Three years ago, we were saying, I cannot believe that they took Tua over Justin Herbert. Like, I still think that Tua is a... I'm sorry, I still think that Justin Herbert's a more talented quarterback. Tua's just in a great fucking system. He's in a great spot. Yeah, I wonder, like, if Justin Herbert was there. Oof. I feel like he could do the same thing, if not yeah. better. But... Hey, kudos to Tua. He has an opportunity, and he is delivering. There you go. All Thank right, man. You. Well, we've got a lot of stuff that we weren't able to talk about, unfortunately, but we've got great games to look forward to next week. We've got a couple highlighted that I want to get your take on. All right. So first game up, Seattle Seahawks versus the Cincinnati Bengals. Does Burrow continue his recovery? And Jamar Chase still always fucking open. It's always fucking open. It felt like they, it's the Joe Burrow that we expected to see. I feel like he's back because you're not going to just have like random weeks. Whereas better mm-hmm. me, I guess he could tweak it again. But if you're comfortable and throwing the ball, I think you're good. Like when we saw Dak's injury, he didn't just suddenly have like one great week. It was kind of yeah. like it showed up week to week to week to week until it got better. So yeah. I'm hopeful for them. Because I did draft Joey B on one of my daughter's teams. I would like her to do well. And he's really been dragging her down. <laughs> so I expect they're bouncing back. Uh, and we're right. going to see a healthy Joey B. So I'm going Bengals because of that. Okay. Can't hate it. Uh, I'm actually going with the Seattle Seahawks. Just for no other reason than I like seeing you wrong. Yeah. Okay. We will see if that's correct or not. But you're going to be Boom. wrong. Boom. <laughs> I mean, they're still... The Seahawks are playing good football, though. Like... I am still shocked by this because I was beating that drum as hard as I could <laughs> two it's years true. ago. It's true. And like you were not, not alone. Been more wrong. You were not alone. Like the Geno Smith resurgence, no one saw coming. Yeah, so that, that was a shock. More power to them. More right. power to them. I don't know what order you were going in. I want to make sure we talk about the Lions and Bucks. Yes, I that was on the list too. Both of those teams are number one in their division. That is shocking. Like the Buccaneers being number one except for it's again another the south and both the afc and the MC, <laughs> <laughs> the weakest ones <laughs> so it's, i oh. guess that's not as much of a surprise but the bucks are playing good they've beaten some teams and the Lions bucks are playing well are good i mean i have to give it to my darling the lions because they are you can do no wrong right now for me no hey i completely understand that i think i'm gonna have to go with the bucks I really like the lines. I really do. My only issue is, have we seen them, I guess, meet the challenge of expectation yet? Like, this should be a game that they win. Should be. I haven't seen them do that just yet. And the Bucks aren't a pushover right they're now. Like They're playing teams really well. Yeah, we're so, picking games that are like toss-ups, essentially, if you're looking at the betting lines and stuff. So, these could easily go either way. We're not trying to pick easy ones. Let's pick ones that are tough. Okay. Well, then... This one is tough because it really could go either way. I think Minnesota versus Chicago, like no Justin Jefferson. So yeah, both teams one and four. Yeah, but you're right. It's definitely a toss up. Uh, The bears coming in hot. Can they keep it going? Can the Vikings overcome? No, Justin Jefferson. I'm going to, I'm going to roll with the bears. Why not? I feel like (laughs) their offense should be able to put up points on the Vikings D right? if things continue the way that they did. I don't I don't think they're going to do the same thing because I think Washington's defense was completely unprepared for what they were doing. But the DJ Moore connection heated up. I'm going to believe in it for at least one more week. 
Okay. Well, then I'm going to, again, disagree with you. <laughs> okay. I'm looking at this as a Kurt Cousins comes out and he says, we don't have our best guy. I'm ready to put this team on my back. Okay. Jordan Addison, this is what we drafted you for in the first round. This is your moment. Let's see what you have. Like, I'm, I'm going to ride, ride with the Vikings. I mean, just for is. the simple fact that I, I don't like Justin Herbert. I think he's an awful passer. That's fair. But it is a 1 p.m. Kirk Cousins. So, yo, that guy, he fucks. All right. Does pretty 4 p.m., good. 8 p.m., not so much. But 1 p.m., that dude will steal your girl. I imagine, though, this is going to be like Minnesota keeps losing these one score games because they, <laughs> it's really what happened. <laughs> it's the opposite, like what we talked about. Yeah. So I, I fully expect this to be another one score game, but I will continue when you to say stick with the Chiefs. One score, Bears. you mean like seven to nothing? One score difference. I mean, I think it's but very it real be. that it could be like a 10 to 7 I win. Know. I think both of their defenses aren't very good. I, maybe. But they both might try to just run the ball like crazy. <laughs> Alexander Madison would love that, I'm sure. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm going to stick with the I'm gonna stay with the Vikings. That's fair. I'm going to stick with that. Be completely okay? and then this time. I had one last game. Did you have another one? I just want to pick this one because I want to make you pick between these two teams. Oh, fuck. I know what it is. Your Cowboys, your Chargers. <laughs> that was the last game. Of- <laughs> oh, fuck. Uh, I'm going to take the Chargers. Yeah, I'm taking the Chargers. I think the Chargers just have more firepower on offense. Our defense is really banged up. And I think we got exposed last week. Hit them and- at the right time. Exactly. And if anything, Kellen Moore knows how to attack Dan Quinn's defense because they worked together for two years. You would hope so. Justin Herbert has been playing incredibly well. Yeah, this absolutely. Season. Like he is. I think he was number one in fantasy scoring until this week because of the bye. But through the first yeah. four weeks, he was putting up the most yards and touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, that's what you're, that's what Kellen Moore's offense is good for. It turns you into the number one offense. <laughs> I mean, like, that's what you want from an offensive system. Yeah, like I get it, but I just don't. I don't think the Cowboys' defense, especially now that Leighton Van Der Esch is hurt, our linebacking core isn't great already to begin with. I think they attack us across the middle. I I also think that Stephon Gilmore's lost a step. You can probably get him. Like, I mean, it I really. Just don't see it. We can't discount losing Trayvon Diggs. Trayvon Diggs was a huge loss. Trayvon uh, Deron Bland is playing very well playing in good, his but absence. Imagine if you had the three but, of them. Exactly. Because like, there's so much nickel nowadays. Like, who's your fourth cornerback? Exactly. Is he really a starter? Because nickel nowadays is basically a starter. Yeah, like, I just so, I don't think the Cowboys have enough to stop them. So, it's going to suck to watch them lose back-to-back weeks. But it's a long season. It is a long season. I'm going to roll with you on that one, too. I think the Chargers. I Well, shit. For the stuff we talked about, Chargers, I can't remember what games they've lost. But I don't think they were blowouts or anything. No, it was normally them just like shitting the bed at the end of the Which is uh, at the end of the game. Kind of what's his name? Brandon Staley's MO, right? Like shitting the bed at the end. Yeah, but you can afford to you can afford to shit the bed against our offense. Our offense is very conservative. Everything is gonna be short, five, six yard digs, slants, ends. Like no one's stretching the field. I mean, I think kind of just to bring it back to you guys for a minute. My thoughts as like the outsider looking in, that offense was very complimentary to what your defense was doing. Your defense was so good, you just needed an offense that was kind of like slowly, consistently moving down the field. Just holding the ball. Holding the ball, scoring some points each time, even if it was just a field goal. As long as you could continue to kind of put pressure on the other team and force them into mistakes, force them to try to throw the ball. That's what you needed. And then losing digs, really, I mean... That hurts your secondary, and your secondary being weakened means your pass rush isn't as doesn't have just enough time so that it weakens the pass rush a little bit and things start to chip away. But that's, I'm true. guessing that's what the offensive idea was too. That like, hey, let's just not turn it over. Man, I can appreciate that. I really can. But it's super dynamic and getting us the ball. Yeah, like I I don't hate the philosophy. I just I hate the way our offense looks. It does not look great. Considering this is not like what you expect a playoff Super Bowl contending offense to look like. Exactly. Like, I just, that, that is not going to We are get it all done. on the same page with that. The Cowboys <laughs> offense is trash. 
<laughs> they got good oh, players. Fuck. I hate this. But their system is trash. Yeah, I, I fucking hate this. Like, I hate everybody. It's ridiculous. because I was like, oh, Brandon Cooks, he's going to be like a legit number two fantasy receiver. No. no. Not at In all. Kellen Moore's offense, yeah, he definitely would have. But not Mike McCarthy's offense. Apparently not, not at I can all. hardly support C.D. Lame. Oh, my God. I hate this. I hate you, Matt, so much. Is he had like 50, 60 yards. He has less than 100 yards the last three games. Yeah. And the Cowboys are about to be forced to pay him number one money. Yeah, not a great look, buddy. I mean, it could be, again, if you get a different offensive coordinator. But I need Jerry Jones to double down on Mike McCarthy. Fire Dan Quinn. <laughs> Let Mike McCarthy run the defense and the <laughs> offense. <laughs> yeah. Hey, no, he needs to bring in his, his buddy Joe Barry from the Packers. <laughs> Packers oh my God. fans love Joe Barry, and I know I did as a Washington fan. <laughs> oh, fuck. I hate it here. I hate it. Maybe that's it. Like, Mike McCarthy needs his guys. Yeah, his guys was Mike Nolan, and that was a historically <laughs> bad defense. So, Mike, thanks for your service. Kick rocks, buddy. <laughs> like, uh, fuck. I can't even. I know we both, I, I think, are in the boat where it was like looking at a coordinator and being like, I bet you could be a better head coach. <laughs> Yeah, we definitely got wandering eye syndrome right now. Hundred <laughs> like, percent. I got I got my eyes on some other people, so <laughs> I don't fucking know. Anyway, guys, it's been another great fucking episode. Thank you for listening. This is the Delay of Game podcast. I don't think we even said our names, but you should know them by now. I'm Wit. Another I'm guy. What's your name? There it's it is, Mr. Matt. To you. <laughs> I'm sorry. Is this like a driving Miss Daisy type situation? Am I Morgan Freeman? You're an old white lady. Is that what we're doing right now? In disguise. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Take it easy. (laughs) Bye.